Hi, this is Don Wells. Guess what we're listening to? TV Confidential. Here's the story of a lovely lady. Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential, radio talk show about television. Then we'll welcome Robert Clohesse of CBS's Blue Bloods and James DeMont of HBO's The Righteous Gemstones, both in our second hour. We hope you'll stay tuned for that coming up later on. This hour, we will get you caught up on what's going on at the National Comedy Center in Jamestown, New York. We hope you stay tuned for that as well. In the meantime, Donna Allen is on assignment this week, but Tony Figueroa is with us as we take a look this week in TV history. Tony's segment, as always, brought to us by our friends at Story Salon, Southern California's longest-running, regularly performing live storytelling ensemble, storysalon.com, facebook.com, forward slash Story Salon. A couple weeks ago, we did a mini commemoration of the 50th anniversary of the Brady Bunch insofar as we revisited our conversation with Jerry Hauser, where we talked about the Brady Brides. Greg did about a 10-minute segment on the Brady Kids series, but we did not actually Mm -hmm. talk about the 50th anniversary of the Brady Bunch series itself. A long time ago, we talked about the variety show with Susan Olsen. Yes. Yes, we did. did. (laughs) Yes, we did. So we have covered every incarnation from the original series, the cartoon, the variety show, Brady Brides. A very Brady Christmas I know we've covered in the past. I was talking to my friend Ed Gross of Closer Weekly uh, not too long ago, and other than Star Trek, I cannot think of a show, a franchise that has had more reincarnations and remained part of the pop culture zeitgeist in 50 years than The Brady Bunch. Yeah, Star Trek, still sequels, spinoffs, cartoons, mm-hmm. merchandise, merchandise. Books. I mean, the Brady Bunch... Uh, Star Trek hasn't had a variety show. Star Trek has not had a variety show, but there have been more, n- not quite reimaginings, but these are just reincarnations, various forms, various genres featuring the original cast or as yeah. many of the original we, cast We've as had uh, everything from um, movies like Trekkers, documentaries, mm-hmm. which are, are very funny, a little macabre. Yeah, we don't have bunchers, but... We have that, and so you know you have that phenomenon. At the time that the first Trekkers movie came out, there was also a movie with Eric McCormick called Free Enterprise, uh-huh. which I think is also a wonderful love letter to Star Trek, and specifically to Eric, William Shatner. Eric McCormick of Will and Grace? Uh, Eric McCormick of Will and Grace. I'll have to look for that. And it, it does feature William Shatner as himself, and it two very big fans of Star Trek. And these are not the traditional fans. These are productive members of society mm-hmm. that have a love of Star Trek. Yes. And it was a fun movie. So you've had Star Trek being the subject of another movie, documentaries on the fandom of Star Trek. And so you've had that. The Bradys have had, like I said, and I forgot one incarnation, satire. There were some Brady movies, which were very funny. Oh, the ones with Gary Cole with and, Gary Cole and, Shelley, and Long. Shelley Long, which took the right approach because you think about the original show, it was a 1950s type of show at the height of the counterculture. Yeah, they were pre-Norman Lear. Yeah. Let's put it that way. And I've had this discussion and sometimes going into arguments. But at the same time, this was the first time that we were having really... Danny Thomas did it out of necessity, but you had a story that started out about a blended family. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Sherwood Schwartz explains everything in the theme song for practical purposes. So there's some inspiration from a movie called Yours, Mine, and Ours. Mm-hmm. And so I think for a lot of people, and you'll hear people saying, you know, I, 
I didn't have a great family. I'm glad I had yours. Uh, but also, I think, you know, if somebody uh, like me, you know, my parents didn't stay married very long. Uh, I have uh, siblings from other marriages, and we are all living in the same house at the same time. It was nice to see that reality that is my world mm -hmm. on TV at a time where there would be parents groups and religious groups saying, we don't want to see that. You know, but that's my world. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons yeah. why Schwartz developed the show, because I forget the statistic, but I believe it was somewhere between 20 and 30 percent of marriages circa 68, 69 were blended families. Yeah. And so this was not just a concoction. This was reflecting a certain part of the audience. Yeah. You had the argument that people want to escape. They don't want to see that reality. They want to escape. And this is before there was something called a reality show, yeah. right? They want an escape. They don't want to see that. They, and, and they conveniently, in, in my opinion, not in many cases, they conveniently forget people also want to see themselves. They yeah. want to be represented. And yes, Leave it to Beaver had its time. And Leave it to Beaver doesn't get enough credit uh, in some of the writing and trying to get the kids' perspective and all that. People like to focus more on uh, Barbara Billingsley's pearls. Uh, and, and that is the mm, art of the Brady Bunch, so to speak, because yeah. it reflected a sizable percentage of the audience, and yet yeah. it was escaped because it was a little melodramatic. It was heightened. Hey, yeah. It could be very melodramatic. I mean, yeah. we've talked about this before. There, at one point... 71, 72, you had back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, you had the Brady Bunch at 7.30, you had Nanny at 8, and you had the Partridge family. family at 8.30. Now, in my household, I don't know how you felt about this growing up, Tony, but in my household, we always thought that the Everett's on Nanny and the Partridges were probably more like us. They're a little more realistic kids-wise, family-wise, than the Brady Bunch, because the Brady kids always seemed to have a lot of drama, but that was part of the appeal they, of the show the because drama. it was heightened reality. I think the Brady, everything was too neat. Yes. Even the order, boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. Yes. I mean, they were, everything had to be symmetrical with the Bradys, and um, I would also say, to be fair, everyone on that show brought their A-game, and yes. you had different people of different skill sets, and Ambi Davis was wonderful comic relief. Robert Reed, to his credit, and even though there are many stories that he had issues with the script, he had issues with Sherwood Schwartz, uh, he did not want this to be Gilligan's Island, but Robert Reed took some of this dialogue, which Gary Cole would later beautifully satire, yes. but he made it work. If there was a life lesson, you know, for the purposes of writing and the purposes, I'm sure, of the standards and practices, he sold it. But there was something else, and I, I think it was much later. First of all, you had the first several episodes, especially in, in season one, the family dealing with their new normal, what, yeah. that's what we would call it now, accepting Carol as their mom, accepting Mike as their dad. Simple things like, who's going to be the family doctor? Yeah. Or shortly after the show started, everybody getting the measles, Yeah. which... Happened in my family. I, I moved out and everyone got the chicken pox. It's happening in the last year. Here. Oh, it's it's hap it's it's becoming an epidemic now. Yeah. And a modern sitcom can deal with that yeah. on a different level. You wouldn't. How they got the measles was never addressed. The right. issue was the doctors, uh, which was Marion Ross. Or, yeah. or it was the doctor. 
but dealing with something like that, which was a reality that families did, did have to deal with. But I think later on, there was one which it just clicked recently when Greg steals the mascot. Yes. Mike is not like, now, Greg, you know better than that. It was like... Oh, wow, you did it. Yeah. I did it, too. Yeah. It, but when I did it, I got suspended for a week. I think early Mike Brady would not own up to yeah. doing something wrong but, and getting busted. But early Mike Brady did not have the perm. And therefore, yeah. yeah, so he, he so perm. <laughs> but I thought it was brilliant. And I am sure that there were meetings and discussing you know, about a parent admitting to doing something wrong and getting busted yeah. for it. I mean, he didn't wind up in jail, but, no. he, but he said, I was suspended for it. And he was helping Greg get out of trouble yeah you know he was not an innocent in this he was trying to account but the humor comes from the fact that carol was part of a parents committee to stop the stealing of mascots yes. which i don't remember that being a huge crusade yeah but you gotta have a conflict yeah, yeah. in that in so a, you in have that the episode. conflict that you know and they invite the pta to the homes how are we going to stop this so mike is trying to help greg get out of trouble he doesn't succeed in right. doing it and when I think in that type of show, you can't succeed in getting away with a bad thing. You could now. Well, going back to, it was a yeah. 50s show in 1969, 1970. There had to be a moral. And I it. think, yeah, and still had to be a moral. Uh, I'm not sure if Ward Cleaver could probably talk about some of his mischief during college days. Right. But probably could not say, yeah, I stole this. Right. right. He could not admit that. He could not admit that. He couldn't say, we had a kegger and I, you know, I threw up for three days. Yes. Or, you know, I woke up with a hooker. No, he, he could never say that. But, you know, Mike was able to be proud of his son for doing something he shouldn't have done because he could see himself in his son and at the same time say, yeah, when I did, he said, well, you did it. Yeah. And I was suspended for, so you did have the moral. Yeah, I did it. I'm proud of you for doing it, but I got suspended for a week for doing the same thing, but I'm still proud of you. for doing. And it's also a sense like, my son's normal. You know, if you had a teenage son like Greg that would be preaching against the evils of stealing mascots, what the hell's wrong with my kid? Yeah. So it's like, I did that, but then the, the great little twist at the end when the principal tells Gregory, what you did was wrong, and I want you to write a 500-word essay on uh, why it's wrong to steal a, a team mascot. And then Mike says, Greg, I think you got off easy, so thank the principal. <laughs> you know, and then when Greg walks out of the scene... Mike goes, you know, I got suspended for a week for doing the same thing. And the principal goes, I got suspended for a month. <laughs> so you got to see the grown-ups show a little flaw in humanity. Yeah. And I don't want to say boys will be boys, but there are stuff that we all did at that particular point in life where I think our, you know, at least speaking from a guy perspective, I think our fathers were proud, even though they had to be the disciplinarian and reprimand. And then later on, you know, when you're in your 20s or your 30s, remember when you did that? That was great. Tony Figueroa is with us as we take a look at the 50th anniversary of the premiere of The Brady Bunch as part of This Week in TV History. You mentioned it was a pre-Norman Lear show. Yeah. However, it did show the bathroom. It did show the bathroom, but you didn't see the toilet. You did not see the toilets, but the bathroom was an integral part of a lot of scenes of that show. Yeah, the, the Jack and Jill bathroom yes. that the kids have, which is a wonderful segue 
to the most recent incarnation of the Brady a franchise. A very Brady renovation on HGTV. Which is, I think, is also, uh, could be considered a crossover. Yeah, in a lot of respects. Because you have a bunch of HGTV show hosts, mm-hmm. not just one. It is the Property Brothers, Lars Spencer, who you might also know from uh, her time with Antique Roadshow. And so building and decorating and demolishing. So you have all of these people that have the various uh, HGTV shows all working on this one project, and that is to take the house that is in Studio City, California, that was used for the exterior shots that were filmed, and then, like, you open. You know it's nighttime because you see the house at night, mm-hmm. right? Dun-dun-dun. Yes. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And then you go to the inside of the house, right? You never see them there, yeah. you know, in front of the house, walking in, walking right. out. But you have that house which is a split-level house, does not have two stories. They stuck a window on the side. As the show went on, the house became a an attraction for people to drive by and see. There has been uh, really like only two owners in the last 50 years. Can you imagine that show premiered 50 years ago, September. Uh, one owner did put a fence up and the color schemes and all that have changed, but the interior of the house looks nothing like what you expect on the show. Absolutely nothing. And when the house went on the market, people were jumping at the opportunity to buy. And HGTV said, we got to buy it. Why? We don't know. We got to buy it. And I think a lot of people wanted to make sure that the house was not going to be demolished and, uh, you know, luxury condo, which... A lot of that is happening in that area. I'm sure it's happening in, in this part of Pasadena, too. People are taking houses and building what's called McMansions, yeah. maximizing all the square footage. Or a couple of these houses are going down. And or mud condos. Yeah, <laughs> these, these, these luxury condos are coming up. I think I, I think the same thing would happen if the Batman Mansion, which is not too far from where we're recording this conversation, if the Batman Mansion were ever to go to market, I think a similar right-thinking studio, right meaning an enterprising studio, might want to do the same thing because maybe it's not a historical landmark, but certainly it is a television landmark uh, that is important to your viewing audience. It, it's a part of their life. It, so it you is want, important. For the purposes of preservation, that yes. it has some historical. So the fact that HGTV bought the Brady house. Bought the Brady house. Is a good thing, I it think. It is a good thing. And the I'm, fact they get another show out of it is even better for them. <laughs> with all six Brady kids, which I think the show yeah. has to work with all of them. Mm-hmm. It is very reverent to the cast members who are no longer around. Mm-hmm. The second episode was Rebuilding Mike's Den. And you can see Barry Williams got, yeah, Bob would have loved this. Yeah. He would have loved to have been part of this. But, I mean, just, first of all, to take the split-level house and make it a two-story house, going in and digging underneath. So the basic floor has to be dropped a couple of feet. That's how you add the feet. You don't build up. You, no, build, you build down. down. So they had to take a little creative license with the famous staircase. There's one less step, but also the step down. There's an extra step. So you are going down a little further. And then behind the house is another 2000 square feet. So you could have the second story and uh, there'll be other rooms added there. But where Mike's den is, that's where the kitchen is for that original house. 
So to take part of the living room, part of the kitchen, part of a storage closet, and make Mike's den. But also everything has to be working and functional. So hence the bathroom and the toilet. The real, the, what they built actually has a toilet and has a working shower, which there's no shower in the Brady bathroom. Oh, at, at least it's not seen. <laughs> yeah. But there is a shower. It's implied. Yeah. Yeah. But there was never, you know, they, they're looking at all the old photos yeah. and they notice there's not a shower head there. And the fourth wall is the mirror in the bathroom. Yeah. Because you always see them brushing their teeth or combing their hair and they're actually looking into the camera. And right. that's where. You assume there's a mirror. What was really cool in that part of the house is a window. And they built the mirror into the window. So you slide open. There's no medicine cabinet in there. It's actually the window. That's cool. When you walk around, you are going to also see where the camera would be on the sound stage. There's so many fascinating elements because you've got to make it real. Mm -hmm. The masonry work inside the house, that lava rock or whatever it is when you first walk in and what the fireplace is made out of. And remember, the fireplace extends into the den, right? So you technically have two fireplaces. That's going to be made out of... Now we would use recycled plastics to be uh, more environmentally conscious. But, you know, the old days, that would be foam rubber or fiberglass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, somebody potentially is going to get slammed into it. It would be foam rubber. That's what the Western sets would be made out of. But you're going to make that out of the real thing. Finding the furniture, the style of furniture, you might have to build it, but also the pattern in the fabric. Uh, let's just say... Uh, there are places in town where they may have it, and if you can't find it here, you can't find it in this area of Southern Cal. It doesn't exist because you know there are studio uh, surplus places where they may have bought certain fabrics or wallpapers or something like that. When the show ended, there are resale places and you know where they will store all of that. So if it doesn't exist here, it doesn't exist. Period. But we also have places. And I know it exists on the on the Universal lot, the, in their sign shop, and other places where they could take the photo and replicate that wallpaper mm -hmm. or replicate or, you know, at least get some idea from the photo and have to do a little work on Photoshop or whatever reasonable equivalent. So the uh, sofa in the living room, that fabric was perfectly recreated. The wallpaper in the boys' room and the girls' room doesn't exist, could not be found they could at least take shots of the wallpaper. Yeah, but nobody wallpapers anymore. Nobody, yeah, so that's that's another thing. Yeah. You have to find it. Uh, the wood paneling in the boys' room doesn't exist anymore. They actually had to build that from scratch. They yeah. actually had to take the wood, the type of wood, and cut it into strips of various lengths and stain it the various colors. Tony Figueroa is with us as we take a look at the new HG. TV series, A Very Brady Renovation, as part of our look, the 50th anniversary of the premiere of The Brady Bunch. We'll take a quick time out, and we'll be back with more with Tony here on TV Confidential. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call Call the Diabetic Health Hotline today. 800-712-8002. That's 800-712-8002. Paid for by U.S. Med. 
Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your Dish authorized retailer now. 800-296-1251. 800-296-1251. That's 800-296-1251. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and e-auto pay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Become an advertiser or underwriter of TV Confidential and let our brand help promote your brand. To find out more, go to televisionconfidential.com slash advertise. Story Salon is Los Angeles' longest-running storytelling venue. We have live shows every Wednesday in Studio City, as well as solo shows, podcasts, CDs, and several books. Los Angeles Daily News calls Story Salon Gemstones of Narrative. Something new, funny, astonishing. Sunset Magazine says, Tales tall, tragic, and tantalizing. All of this makes Story Salon one of the most eclectic entertainment experiences available. You can learn more about us by going to our Facebook page or by visiting our website at www.storysalon.com. Accredited by Guinness World Records, welcome to Archival Television Audio, Incorporated. A peerless TV soundtrack archive, preserving the audio from television's first three decades, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, the golden and silver age of television. For more information, go to atvaudio.com. Ed Robertson, along with our friend Donna Allen Figueroa, who I understand has a new book out. Yes, it's entitled Fall Again Beginnings. It's the first part of a four-part contemporary romantic series uh, set against the background of working actors. Something that you know a, little, a thing well, or two well, about. Well, you write what you know, and I have been working in the business for several years. It is not necessarily autobiographical, but it's based on... Sure, many of the experiences that the actors in my book have, many have happened to me, many have happened to friends of mine. It's not, if you're looking for Valley of the Dolls, it's not, it's grounded in reality. It is grounded in reality, and it's the first in a series. Yes. Called the Fall Again series. Fall Again. Which is available as a paperback as well as an ebook and in Kindle at fallagainseries.com. Hi, this is Susan Olson from The Brady Bunch, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, with a reminder that Gary Hahn of the National Comedy Center will join us later on this hour. We'll take a look at the anniversary of the premiere of I Love Lucy and a whole lot more. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Tony Figueroa is with us as we take a look at the 50th anniversary of the Brady Bunch and a particular focus on the latest reincarnation of the Brady Bunch, a very Brady renovation on HGTV. So this a very Brady renovation, it sounds like they are replicating the interior as much as as much as they can, can yeah. and it's amazing what they can do. That's a cool concept when I you mean, think about the, it. Like I said, the step, when you first step into the house and step down, there's an extra step because they had to go further down. Yeah. But space-wise, for the famous staircase, the Property Brothers were working with Maureen McCormick, and they said, well, we could have the same number of steps, but the angle's going to be different. And that's a very clever integration of other HD yeah, so shows. You have, that's, that's, that's very so cool. So you, you have like half a dozen HD TV shows yeah, all crossing on, over on this that's cool so 
it's all one show, but yeah. you could imagine that on their individual shows, they could all have a project. It's all one show, and yet it's a 60-minute or 30-minute commercial in that respect for other HGV yeah. shows. Yeah, and there's been a couple of little teaser trailers sure. and other stuff. So I'm very curious. Chris Knight was working on the demolition of the front of the, mm -hmm. the fence. Uh, Mike Lookinland was working on the demolition of sections of the backyard mm -hmm. because they actually had to build another 2,000 square feet for the second story. But no AstroTurf lawn. No, I, I don't know how they're going to do They haven't covered that yet. They rented the house next door as a base camp for the production. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Chris Knight was instrumental in, in redoing, at the bottom of the stairs was a cabinet and a ceramic horse. Mm. Right? Which is a plot point in the second movie. So they have the, the ceramic horse. They found the original in a warehouse with Paramount. And the legs have eroded. They were broken uh, off. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. They found a similar horse, but it was facing the other direction. So at first, the property brothers were saying, you know, we could take this horse, we could cut here and re-glue and reposition. And Chris Knight showed up with a special van or like truck that has like 100 cameras in it. And it's a 3D imagery, imaging ring. Or they, they could take the 3D photos. Mm -hmm. And they took photos of the two horses, the damaged one, that is the real one, and the one that basically the mirror image facing the other direction. So they were able to take the images of the horse and then the other horse and then in the computer basically flip the legs. That's cool. So, you know, you're going to do basically the image, we're going to do the reverse, and then with the 3D printer, print the legs. And they're like... Perfect prosthetics you would never know. Yeah. So they're using that type of high technology. So you're using this computer technology to make the wallpaper. You're using 3D printer technology to make the horse. The dining room they found at a furniture warehouse. They found the dining room and the chairs identical. Not the same one from the show, but they're also finding stuff from the show. Sherwood Schwartz's daughter had a kitty carry-all doll, you know, so that's an, and it's fun to watch not only that, but just to see the craftsmanship sure. and the imagination and the inspiration. And as somebody like me who likes to do stuff around the house, you know, I have maintenance people that I can go to, but some of the stuff I just want to do myself yeah. because, you know, I want to be able to do that. Yeah. I want to be able to install that ceiling fan. And I want to be able to put in that dimmer switch, even though. But also, how do you come up with some of these creative problems? How do you fix that corner of the dining room table? Or how do you replicate this thing? It's like, these are wonderful solutions. Some of these things you could do yourself. Some of these things, there's no way you could do it yourself. That's wonderful technology. But it, it gives you not only an idea of what people can do with their homes and there are beautiful houses in this area, beautiful California craftsman homes in this area. We could go for a walk in any direction where we're recording, and you might have this wonderful old house, and somebody in the 70s or 80s ripped out everything and modernized it. And now it looks bad because yeah. if, you know, if you turn this uh, a 1920s craftsman home, which there's like 100 from where we are, and you added that lime green tile from the 70s, uh, you probably want to restore it to the way it looked mm -hmm. back at that time. And uh, especially since we are so close to the entertainment industry where they have to do period pieces and all that. If, if it was me, I would probably go to somebody at a prop warehouse at a studio 
before I would go to the home improvement store and also deal with modern building codes and standards that you have to comply with. And I've done that in the past or or helped somebody out. He said, yeah, I'm restoring this uh, craftsman home. I can't the plumbing fixtures because they completely modernized it. It looks horrible. I want the old toilet and the old sink and the porcelain and and the old doorknobs and all that. And I've gone to uh, a prop warehouse and they go, ah, I got a card. Call this guy. You know, and it's somebody who either replicates them or somebody who, you know, when they do a demolition, they say they save all of that stuff. And their primary purpose is for set building. You're going to do a period piece. But he said, yeah, you go to that guy and you can find all of that stuff. So people who are trying to do a restoration project in their house can see the potential of how to do that. And maybe going to that familiar place that you go to, which I go to, which you go to, whether it's a Lowe's or Home Depot. Yeah, maybe they might not have the option, but this prop warehouse over here or this studio retail place over here may be able to help you out. Or at least it gives you an idea that if you needed something, okay, well, the hardware store, the home improvement store, but the Salvation Army place might have what you're looking for. It is fun to watch. Tony Figueroa is with us as we take a look at the new HG. TV series, A Very Brady Renovation, as part of our look, the 50th anniversary of the premiere of The Brady Bunch. I haven't watched A Very Brady Renovation yet, but I'm going to enjoy it having discussed this with yeah. you because it just changed my whole mind I, about and I it. thought the second show, especially Barry Williams when they were working on rebuilding the den, yeah. it had a lot of heart. And you know that the six uh, actors that were you know, the child actors at the time, you know that there's a love for Florence Henderson mm-hmm. and Robert Reed and Ann B. Davis. And then it goes when, you know, Florence Henderson found out that Robert Reed was sick, that he had AIDS. And her first response was, I got to call the kids. Yeah. And they talked about Robert Reed because Robert Reed uh, did have a wife, did have a daughter, did not get to spend a lot of time. His daughter does appear in a couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Sherwood Schwartz's daughter also yeah. appears in some episodes. But he had a certain sense of love and protection for these six kids. Yeah. And, and the go- kids knew that it was because he couldn't really have that same... Uh, I don't know what the story with the custody or the divorce, but he wasn't able to give that love to his daughter yeah. for reasons I think that were beyond his control, not yeah. because of anything. Which goes uh, back to, you know, whatever issues he had with Sherwood over the script, he never let it, that affect his performance and the bond he had. And he was parent-like off camera. He was very yeah. protective and very concerned with the he, lives of he the He introduced kid. all the kids to Shakespeare. He took them to London. Yeah. One Christmas, he gave all of the movie cameras so that they would have a better understanding of what the people working behind the camera have to deal with to help educate them on that part of the process. He took them to London. They stopped in New York. E. Plum said that she has hours of footage from the top of the Empire State Building just from the movie cameras, but to be introduced to theater. That's why he wanted them to, you know, so they could be exposed to Shakespeare. He was very protective of the people that were managing the Brady kids when they were touring. And I would imagine that if anybody tried to take advantage of these kids, they would have to deal with him. Yes. And I've heard similar stories about Dick Van Patten uh, with uh, Eight is Enough mm-hmm. also. The parental role was there. I even heard stories about that with uh, Ed O'Neill on Married with Children, that he was in that position. He didn't have a chance to be the dad to his daughter or, you know, whatever the, the circumstances were, and he did look out for those kids. He and Sherwood Schwartz had their differences, 
but it was never in front of the kids. Yeah, never in front of the kids. There were some conflicts, and he said, Sherwood said, I could have had him thrown off the set, but I would never want to do that in front of the kids. So the kids never saw the grown-ups fighting. That was a very important part of that. And so, yeah, you could tell that when when Barry Williams was going, Bob would have loved this. He would have loved to have been part of this. This would have been fun, you know. I haven't heard the same thing about Florence Henderson, but I'm sure, you know, when, when we see them make the real kitchen, yeah. I am sure, sure there's we'll going to be some Wesson jokes in there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Ann B. Davis. But, you know, Maureen McCormick has West a special... Finality. Yes. Well, they were all on uh, with Stephen Colbert recently, yeah. and Stephen Colbert and Anderson Cooper had done an interview just prior about grief because... Yeah. Uh, Anderson Cooper's mom, Gloria Vanderbilt, died a couple months died, ago. Yeah. Died recently, and he's interviewing Stephen Colbert about grief because Stephen Colbert, if you didn't know, when he was 10 years old, his father and two brothers died in a plane crash, and he was the youngest, and uh, how that affected his mother. And his mother lived into her 90s and died a couple of years ago, and how that shaped him, and how, uh, you know, between uh, his mother's faith, his faith, and other aspects, and Anderson was talking about recent loss of his mother. Uh, Maureen McCormick very somberly just touched Stephen's hand and said, and by the way, your interview with Anderson Cooper on grief really helped me in dealing because he said, I still have a lot of fond memories of Florence Henderson, and I'm still grieving over her loss. She was so much to me. What she learned and how important she was. Can you imagine that show ended in the early 70s and Florence Henderson is still such a presence in uh, in Robert Reed and well, partially because of all the various reincarnations. Yes, they that, were always that there. they did together. And this goes back to something you said this to me. You said this to me many, many years ago. When it comes to grief, whether it's the loss of a loved one or whether you're going through a divorce, the end of a very long relationship. You were the one who said this to me. You said, "Allow yourself one month." For every year of the relationship yeah. to grieve. Which I heard when you have a breakup. Yeah. So if you've been married 20 years, you know. Allow yourself 20 times yeah. one month. You know, uh, 20 yeah, months. I had heard that form. I think there's something very true to that. But also allow yourself to grieve the loss of that relationship. Yeah, so when you hear a Maureen McCormick saying, your interview, Stephen, help me deal with the loss of Florence, well, you're talking about someone who's so her and Robert Reed and Ann B. Davis and all the other cast members, they have been inextricably linked yeah, to each other been, for 50 yeah. years or 40 something, 40 something years yeah. at that point, you know. So, and the idea that you know, when uh, you asked Maureen McCormick about fond moments, she said when she got to sing together with Florence Henderson, mm-hmm. she said, you know, I learned so much from her. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that over the years, she would pick up the phone I to ask her about this, that, or the other thing. And, uh, you know, Christopher Knight is saying to Mike, looking like I said, you know, I've known you longer than I've known anybody else in my life. Yeah. Because I imagine you know, a lot of them probably don't have their parents around anymore. So technically, Mike Lookingland was, I guess, the first one of the kids he met. Yeah. And it's like, so technically, yeah, he's known him longer than anybody else in his a second family in every yeah. sense of the word, and yeah. so I think that it's there. You know, whatever issues that have happened over the years has not been with each other. No. It has been either I want to do something different. Yeah, I'm not available. I'd like to focus. You know, I'd like to distance myself for this for a while. But they're all back there, and they all seem to be loving the project. And the funny thing is, they've all had some practical experience outside the industry 
in various fields. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Christopher Knight is a successful entrepreneur. Entrepreneur knows a lot about computers. Yeah. Uh, Susan Olson, a uh, graphic designer and, and has worked in other fields, mm-hmm. including radio. Including radio, and yeah. her graphic design history predates computers. Mm-hmm. And so it was interesting for her to watch how computers are playing in the recreation of the wallpaper. Mm-hmm. But some of them just had practical experience, life experience, yeah. working with homes and stuff which like that. Which adds even more flavor to a very Brady renovation, so, which I need to check out. Yeah, so none of these guys are afraid to swing a hammer. Yeah. They're, in fact, they're looking forward to it, picking up and doing some serious... I'm thinking of the episode, going back to the early episodes, the clubhouse, you know, where yeah. the, the boys falls apart, but the girls holds in place. Yeah, because Bobby took because the Bobby nails took out. All the nails. <laughs> yeah, there's a moment where they have to demolish a window and yeah. they give Christopher Knight a giant rock. And he said, if any of us are going to break a window, it's going to be Peter. Yes. Yeah, and they had to remove a, a window, and it was not going to, by traditional unscrewing methods, it's like, yeah, the only way this is going out is if we break it. So yeah. he gets to throw a rock through there. But, uh, yeah, they, I haven't seen the kitchen yet. There's some uh, teasers on online for that, but it looks like that's going to be a nice labor of love, and they're going to do the attic and uh, all the other aspects. And at least the front landscaping looks perfect. And at a certain point in the show, they send the kids home. The, huh. the HGTV people say, you know, this is great that you're helping us, but now we got to send you away yes. because they got to finish it, yeah. and then they bring them back for the reveal. So they are there for part of the restoration oh, okay. process. That's cool. Then they get sent away, and then they are brought. So especially like the living room, they get to be part of it. You know, while you're pouring concrete, while you're demolishing this window, while you're knocking, they're there for the knocking down of the wall. But there's a certain point where it's like, okay, guys. And yeah. that's not unlike the other aspect of the industry that they all have in common. Sometimes you may be in the room with the writers and you may yeah, spitball ideas. But then, you know, you leave and the writers will do the script and then you come back for the read around and then you see the final product. Yeah. So there are gaps. Yes. So you do get that moment where it's like, okay, now we're going to let you into the living room. And all six of them come into the living room and their jaws drop. And yeah, if they were there for the entire process, you wouldn't have that moment. Yeah. That's part of the But it would not be a good show if they were there. It would not be a good show. It would not be a good show. So like I said, I thought the second episode had a little more heart because, you know, it was Mike's den that they were working on. So I imagine, you know, the kitchen, which is many people say is the heart of the home. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that's going to have some emotion connected to it as well. Involving Sherwood Schwartz's daughter was a very nice Mm -hmm. uh, moment to get the Kitty Carryall doll. And fans have sent, if they had something that was comparable, they actually did have a call out to fans, you know, like those glass grapes on the dining room table, which I had in my house, I bet. Oh, we had we you we, had we, those. We, yeah, we had them in the living the, room. The too. grapes are, I would say, these glass grapes are a slightly smaller than a yeah. billiard ball. Yeah, much bigger. Than, we had one that was mounted too. Oh, I didn't have. We, yeah, we I, had one that was a, I, a wall I think, decoration. I think we, we had. had one I think mounted. we had green ones. Yeah, we had green ones. But I, I knew people that had purple ones. Mm-hmm, we had purple ones. And you know, so the Brady, you know, somebody had and and sent it to the Brady and uh, the stuffed giraffe that's in the girls' room. Somebody had. The exact same stuff, giraffe. Tony Figueroa is with us as we take a look at HGTV's Very Brady renovation as part of our 50th anniversary look at the Brady Bunch. Tony will be back at the end of our second hour to talk some more about the legacy 
of the Brady Bunch. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, take a quick time out. Then Gary Hahn of the National Comedy Center will join us next on TV Confidential. Attention sports fans. Now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with Dish for about 50 bucks a month. Compared to your cable bill, you can save almost $600 a year. Call right now and sign up for Dish and watch every football game you want. With Dish, there are no boxes to pay, plus get free installation as soon as tomorrow. If you call now. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch your favorite sports and channels on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Be one of the first 100 orders right now and get a free voice remote. Don't miss a single football game all year long and save a ton of money. Get a free voice remote and free free installation as soon as tomorrow but you gotta call all american dish right now 800-296-1251-800-296-1251-800-296-1251 that's 800-296-1251 hi this is Rhonda Shear, and you're staying up all night or day with tv confidential Buying or selling a home can be one of the most stressful things we'll ever do in life. But it doesn't have to be. And no one knows better than our friends at Front Porch Realty Group. Their community of realtors serving the Northern Bay Area of California that cares about their clients as individuals first and foremost. Whether you're a first-time buyer or looking to lease or sell your property in the Bay Area, Front Porch Realty Group will help you through this important transition by providing you with the right information for your situation while lessening the pain. They also work with a network of realtors throughout California who provide the same high caliber of customer service. Call Front Porch Realty Group at 415-886-7411 for a realtor referral near you. You can also visit their website, frontporchrealtygroup.com, for more information on the services they provide including upcoming workshops and seminars. For more information, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com. Front Porch Realty Group. They'll find the solution that works best for you. Uber is the mobile app that connects you with a driver for immediate transportation. Request a ride at the tap of a button and you have a driver curbside in minutes. You can choose to be driven in a black car, SUV, or you can choose UberX, the low-cost Uber for a ride in a hybrid or mid-range car. Payment is seamless and cashless. Build to your card on file with no need to tip. Enter the promo code TV Confidential after you download the app to receive a free first ride up to $20. For more information, go to get.uber.com forward slash go forward slash TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415 
888-786-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.